Welcome, moms, to the Moms That Lead podcast, episode number 66. Well, I hope your holiday season is going well. And if there's anything that we need, particularly during the holiday season, and probably particularly during the last two years we've had, is energy. That's why I'm excited to bring you today's conversation with Natalie Peterson. Natalie helps women in business become more effective with the people they influence and have the energy to replicate their success without missing out at home. Her 15 years experience in organizational development and a master's degree in exercise physiology blend together to provide a unique solution for health, happiness, and leadership strategy. We had a fascinating conversation with tips that you may have heard before, but new insights about health, leadership, and parenting. I hope you enjoy it. But before we jump in, in case you are new here, let me introduce myself and the Moms That Lead movement. Hey, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers and that leadership is not about position. But instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast. It's so great to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Terry. I can't wait for our conversation. Definitely. Well, I'd love to start just with you. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey to how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a leadership strategy coach and more specifically, I help leaders become more effective with the people that they influence and have the energy to replicate that success. So leadership, as you know, it's hard work. It takes energy. And so I really focus my leadership development efforts on, on that energy management first, that self-leadership and, and how that came to be was I've, I've spent 15 plus years in the organizational development world doing leadership development training. And early on, it became very clear to me that leaders were bringing their, their personal stuff, their, mm. their self so much into the job, which how can you not, right? We've right. years ago, it was let's separate business and home and let's separate work life, but it doesn't really happen. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not realistic to not right. be bringing our whole self into work. And so early on, it became really clear to me that people needed self-leadership. And that if I was going to help people with their leadership development, with the impact that they were having on other people, I needed to be able to really help them with 
human performance from a whole person standpoint. And so Mm -hmm. I went and got a a master's in exercise physiology. I have certifications in strength conditioning and yoga and nutrition. And so I bring all of that together to be able to impact the energy and the, the effectiveness of leaders from, from a human interaction standpoint, but also, you know, that especially the last couple of years, burnout is huge in so Mm -hmm. many different industries, but especially when you're at a higher level and you are leading people and you're giving so much of yourself, burnout is something that we really want to be able to help our leaders avoid. And, and that's what I do. And it was this 10 year vision of seeing, okay, I I need to go get this degree and I need to get this experience so that I can really help impact the whole person. And, And that's what I love to do and get to do on a daily basis. That is so cool. And definitely speaks to what we're all about here at moms that lead, you know, with our mission of unleashing the power of healthy purpose-driven moms that fits right in there. You, you can't do that without the energy. You can't do that without considering the whole health. Yes. Well, and certainly the mom aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I'm also a host of a show called the mom entrepreneur playbook all about moms and leadership. And so I have two little girls of my own and certainly have seen things shift in different ways that I need to be able to manage my energy. And also I'm sure you found this too, the different leadership lessons that have come from being a parent and how, Mm -hmm. how women in leadership positions that are moms, we, we we've learned so much and grown so much as, as women and as leaders, just by having our kids in the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's some fascinating research out there that we've covered with different guests as well on that. You know, I always kind of had a sense that being a parent does develop these leadership skills, but there actually are people out there doing research on it. So it's, Oh, I love to, I'd love to uh, connect with you offline and get the the show notes on that and and listen to it myself. Cause I've done some personal research Mm -hmm. and have a, a blog on leadership lessons from working mothers and things, but I'm sure, I'm sure that they were able to verify it with the science. So that's very cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's the episode with Amy Henderson, if if you're looking for it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, But I'm curious about your journey. You know, you're talking about you're working in organizational development and then was the shift or the drive to get that degree in exercise physiology, was that just like a automatic thing that you thought, well, this is what the need is. And I have to, you know, go get this experience, this expertise or was it- so I would say that it was really layered and it was definitely part of my personality already. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like I got to this place and thought, oh, well, I, now I have to do this. So background about me, I grew up, I was an athlete. I, I played sports. I, I was the captain of several teams throughout high school and basketball and volleyball and, and different kinds of things. So always really jo- uh, drawn to sports, athletics, performance, that sort of thing, and did a little bit of coaching myself when I was early in my career and I was at this crossroads where I said, okay, I kind of want to go back to school. I think I'm going to get my MBA. And then at the time it was kind of funny. Some women around me were getting degrees in exercise physiology and kinesiology. And I was like, man, that looks like much more fun. I think that's what I want to do. And I realized, well, you can do that. And all of these things you've been noticing when you're coaching and training from a leadership standpoint, all of those things are going to be relevant. And so I started to develop this vision. I didn't know at the time, I think at this point, 12 years ago, I didn't know what it might look like at the end of the journey or not the end, but at the Mm -hmm. the next step in the journey. But I, I just knew that there was going to be a way to 
to pull that all together. So definitely was something that I was interested in anyway. And then saw though the, the grander vision or something I wanted to do long-term, but just knew that I had to be kind of patient along the way, enjoy the exercise physiology degree. And then of course, getting the experience in the field. I actually worked for several years out in San Diego at one of the, the top 10 gyms in America, mm. working with professional athletes and moms and dads and, and those in the corporate world from a training strength and conditioning standpoint to really get experience there. That's something I find so important in leadership is that it's one thing to have the theory or it's one thing to have read a book or taken a class, but to really be able to, to know it and to lead is to have experience in, in that. And so Definitely. That's, that's, that's what I did to be able to bring it all together and develop my own models and systems for the way that I coach and lead today. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that. I, I also value getting that experience. So I think it's great that, you know, you had the experience in the organizational development, then you had the experience with the exercise physiology from just a training perspective and then pulling them together. I think that's, that's beautiful. And what a great journey you've had. Thank you. Yeah. I feel, I feel very blessed to have seen that vision and kind of trusted the gut instinct and my intuition to follow it. I I don't even know that at the age of, let's see, how old was I? Maybe 23, 24, starting to see what it could be. I didn't know what it might mean. And so for anyone listening to, I just encourage you, especially women, we have really strong intuition. We have that Mm -hmm. gut instinct. And if you listen to it, it just becomes something that you can trust in more, something that speaks to you more often. And so I just feel very thankful that I, that I listened to my gut, even when mm-hmm. people around me were like, you're going to do what? That's nuts. Why would you, <laughs> right. why would you do that? So yeah, those voices that are either outside our heads or sometimes even just inside our heads are sometimes difficult to drown out or to ignore, but yeah. That's very encouraging. And and thank you for sharing that because your story is an example of why you should not listen to those voices most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned, or I've learned too, that if you stop listening, it it stops speaking to you also. So if it's like in talking with, with women about how do you cultivate your intuition and, and how do you know, and well, you just have to start dipping your toes in a little bit at a time and, and trusting your gut and Mm -hmm. see what happens. So. Oh, very cool. Well, I definitely want to get more into what you were talking about energy. Cause I, I think, as you mentioned, that is so important as a leader and as a mom, but before yeah. we do that, I'd love to just level set in terms of definitions. What does leadership mean to you? Well, I think there's two ways to look at this. And I, I look at leadership from a self-leadership perspective and the leadership of others, your influence with other people. And I think from a self-leadership perspective, which to me has to come first before you can positively impact someone else. You have to be setting the example. And I think in leadership, that's exactly it, that, that you're setting the tone, you're setting the example, you go first doing something that, that others haven't done before, aren't willing to do. You, you kind of blaze the trail or the path for people from a self-leadership perspective. I think what you do, the example you set, other people are going to feed off of that and, and, mimic that. And then from a, from a leadership of others standpoint, I think it really is that you are helping ensure that the work gets done and that your people feel good about it. 
Mm. And so, mm-hmm. right. In leadership, you're responsible for results. It's not just all about how we feel and our energy. Like that's a huge contributing factor to the bottom line, to getting the results, to seeing what you want to see happen in your business. But you also have to take into account how do people feel about the work because success can only, can only be sustained for so long if you don't also have people that are bought in and people that are excited about the work. Yeah. Very true. Do you have any favorite leaders that kind of exemplify that those leaders that either were really good at self-leadership or leading others or both? Yeah. So I, I have a lot of different leaders that I followed or mentors or books that I've read, things like that. And I think a couple of, a couple of quotes come to mind. The first one from Brene Brown, you know, she's Mm -hmm. talking so much now about vulnerability, authenticity, learning to ask as leaders. I think her lessons and messages for leaders about courage are just so important because especially now organizations going through so much change, we can give that a lot of lip service, but if we don't have courageous leaders and leaders that are willing to do things different, nothing's ever going to change. And so Mm -hmm. really this kind of goes back to that self-leadership perspective of really getting to know yourself and where your shortcomings are and, and having the courage to peel back those layers on yourself. But one um, quote that I pulled that I like to share is something she wrote. And it was that we desperately need more leaders who are committed to courageous, wholehearted leadership and who are self-aware enough to lead from their hearts rather than unevolved leaders who lead from hurt and fear. And I love everything about what she's saying, because I think, again, it's, as I said a moment ago, that in leadership, you go first, you're the one who has to do something different, even when it's a little bit scary. So I love that quote. And then just a couple things, you know, of course, being the change again in Mm -hmm. leadership, got the famous, I'm sure so many people would look to that as a quote, being the change you wish to see that with all the things going on in the world, especially right now. And all of these things that can pull at our attention and and have us be distracted or hurt or angry or reactionary, how do you center yourself and again, lead with purpose and to have the impact you want to have? And it's, I think it is figuring out how could you set an example? How can you have an impact that makes a difference in your direct community, whether that's in your home, in your business, in the people that you interact with on a daily basis, if more of us decided that we were just going to be the change or be the light and have an impact, even though it's small, Mm -hmm. how much of a ripple effect it has. And the more people that do that, the bigger the change that we would see. And then the last thing I want to share is a author by the name of Sally Helgenson. She wrote a book called How Women Rise in partnership with Marshall Goldsmith, who is one of um, the, the top leadership development coaches in the world. And they wrote a book called how women rise. And it's all about breaking the 12 habits that hold women back in Mm. leadership. And what I think is so cool about it is that recognizing as women in business, as women leaders, we tend to do certain things that hold us back that maybe men don't do as often. Mm -hmm. And so she specifically talks about how we um, minimize our accomplishments, or we want to make sure that we have things perfect before we share anything with the world or before we go after what we want, that we tend to not leverage 
relationships in the same way in the workplace as men do. And I, I love the book because it shines a light onto so many things that we as women can control. If we recognize in ourselves, some of the things that hold us back, then we can Mm -hmm. do something about it. And I just, I love the empowerment that comes from this book. So if you haven't read it, how women rise, it's great. It's a way to look at how do I grow myself as a leader and, and, and also develop some of the things that may be holding you back in your own life or in your own business. Oh, well, thank you for that. That sounds like such a rich book that definitely is very applicable to all of us. So I think maybe that's something that has to go on everyone's holiday list. I think so. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've worked with a lot of, a lot of women who are in, let's say male dominated industries Mm -hmm. and not to like turn the conversation into, you know, men versus women or Mm -hmm. that, but in male dominated industries, I personally haven't had the same experience where, they've lost out on promotions or had, had certain stereotypes placed on them, whatever it may be, whatever your experience is. And what I love about this book is it really has helped some women realize like, okay, you maybe can't do anything about the certain dynamics or the industry you're in, especially if it's just a long standing thing and change happens slowly. But what the book has done is put in their hands, just this empowering way of saying, okay, I do minimize my accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Or I do expect other people to notice me rather than telling people about what I've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm looking for a promotion or if I'm looking to be lead on a project and I haven't told my boss that, and I'm just like, waiting for them to notice, <laughs> well, maybe I could do something about it. I'm a really big proponent of what have you done? Like, what has it been brought up? What have you been able to act and change in the situation? Have you done your absolute very best or not? And I think this book really gives women some great strategies and different ways of looking at their own presence in the workplace that is really helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that you said that it's it's not about the changing the situation that they're in, although you know hopefully that might be an outcome of it, but it is about making the changes perhaps in themselves that will make operating in that situation a little bit easier, a little bit more palatable. Absolutely. Cause I mean, all of us have habits that are holding us back, right? No matter how <laughs> successful you are, you're going to have things that you're successful because of, and you're going to have things that you're successful in spite of right. other factors of your leadership style or personality or whatever it may be. So we're all looking to grow and develop, mm-hmm. I think. And, and, and I think that looking at ourselves is is always something we should do on a regular basis. Maybe not every day, right? But mm-hmm. once a year, twice a year looking, okay, what behaviors can I get better at? And we look at that from a perspective as a parent, as a as a friend, as a leader, and and I love the guidance that this book gives. So, I hope that's Definitely. helpful. Definitely. Thank you. And uh, you know, this this episode is part of a series of, you know, end of year is typically one of those one or two times that we take some inventory of what we might want to improve or what successes in the past we really kind of want to capitalize on and, and discover more of. So I think it's going to be very helpful for people. And just one other thing about your be the change. It really struck me how you talked about how it doesn't have to be a big change. I think I've always heard that quote and thought, okay, I need to figure it out exactly how I want to change the world. And then I need to exemplify everything perfectly that, you know, relates to that change that I want to see in the world. But it really struck me when you said that it, it could be 
a very small change and the ripple effect that that can start is very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about the small things of just be more present with your kids, smile at people, don't cut people off in traffic, like little (laughs) stuff, you know? And I think gratitude is the same way. I had a, a client say to me once, like, I'm having trouble with this gratitude inventory. Like nothing really that important happened today. And I said, well, what did you enjoy today? What did you do? It mm-hmm. can be something like, oh, I'm so thankful for this warm cup of coffee or the sun mm-hmm. is shining today. Noticing the little things, changing little things is what creates consistency, creates momentum. And, and as you um, went back to that phrase of the ripple effect, I mean, if, if you positively impact your neighbor or your colleague or your teacher, the teacher at your kid's school, if you do something that then has them turning around and paying that forward, I mean, you, you have no idea how something small can, can really continue to impact other people for, for days and days. And so if we do that every single day, it's like that, that idea of the compound effect and how Mm -hmm. little things compound and make a big difference and that we don't have to put the weight of the world on our shoulders. As you said, it doesn't have to be world changing, but it can be world changing to, to you in that day or to your child or to your teammate, things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get into the energy conversation then. Yeah, let's do it. You really piqued my interest when you were talking at the beginning. And I'd love to get into your expertise with the organizational development and the exercise physiology. And we know, as we talked about earlier, that being both a leader and a mom takes a tremendous amount of energy. How do you think we can find that energy, especially in these times that can be quite challenging? Finding the energy to me is all about investing in it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing every single day process that I work really hard so that I feel good, or I work really hard so that I don't have to work really hard to be engaged. It's like I invest early so that the dividends pay out later. And, and really Terry, the, the really simple things that I always turn to and and they aren't groundbreaking and they aren't things you haven't heard before, but it's just those reminders of number one, that investing in yourself is not a selfish activity Mm -hmm. that if you invest in your own energy to lead or energy to parent, things like that, the better you feel, the better you are for other people. Like bottom line, if you feel badly or if you're in pain, it is really hard to be effective with anyone else. And again, Mm -hmm. whether that's at home or at work. And so I always start people off very small with what are one or two things that would have the most immediate impact on your energy. And the three things I always start with are number one, with movement of do something. It doesn't matter what it is for 10 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. And whether it's yoga, I always turn to walking because it's so accessible and mm-hmm. everybody has 10 minutes to go for a walk. And then if you're outside and it, the sun is shining, you get the benefits from the sun and everything else that come with that. So it's doing something for 10 minutes every day, walking, especially walking has so many benefits on your health. Um, that could be a whole nother podcast, just about <laughs> yeah. the physiological benefits. And, and speaking of research, you know, they've, we've done studies to find out that even 10 minutes of walking impacts your cardiovascular health, mm. impacts your mood, things like that. So that's the first thing. The second thing I talk about fuel and, and the sources that give you power and stimulate mm-hmm. you. And, and there's a few other things, but number one is drinking more water. Drinking more water is so 
important. I can't even tell you from how, how your digestive system works to the, your, your pain symptoms, things that you're feeling in your joints, water will help ease that your skin, your sleep, your just everything is impacted Mm -hmm. by your water. So I always tell people that the, the goal to shoot for is half your body weight in fluid ounces of water Mm. every single day. Now that can be challenging for, for people that don't like it or, or that. So one tip I suggest people start with is drink an eight ounce glass of water before your first cup of coffee in the morning. So hydrate before you dehydrate with the coffee. Mm -hmm. So walking water. And then the third thing is to prioritize your sleep. We know that even adults need seven to nine hours of sleep every single night on average. And that the the benefits of sleep are better decision-making skills. You're more engaged. You, your mood is different. Your immune system is heightened when you get enough sleep. And we all know how we feel when we don't sleep very well Mm -hmm. compared to when we sleep well. So, and I say prioritize sleep because with so many people, unless you have something that you're suffering from, like insomnia or sleep apnea, that is more of a diagnosed need to see a specialist. Most of us simply need to do the math of when we need to be in bed (laughs) and when we get up and, and what we, you know, how do you reverse engineer it from there? And Mm -hmm. so I've had several clients who finally agreed like, yes, okay. Sleep is something I need to prioritize. And it's, it's as simple as saying, I'm going to be asleep every night by 11. I'm going to be asleep every night by 10 30, whatever it is. I'm going to turn off the Netflix. I'm going to sign off my computer, things like that. So I know these are simple things, but it's the simple things that are sometimes the easiest not to do Mm -hmm. because we say, Oh, well, it's only 10 minutes. It doesn't make that big of a difference. Oh, it's just water. Like who really cares? Right. And the same way that positive behaviors can compound some of, some of the things we ignore can also compound as well. And so I always start people out with these simple things that they can Mm -hmm. change because if you get consistent with these simple things and they become habit and you don't even have to think about them anymore, that's when you can take on some of the bigger some of the bigger goals with your energy and, and build from there. Yeah. I I think as leaders, as moms, as probably type A personalities, you know, we have these grand goals, these grand vision for what we want to accomplish, whether that be a new year's resolution or, or some other time of the year and you fail once and then it's like, yeah, guess I'm not doing that. Yep. (laughs) It becomes Um, like you said, it's like all or nothing. And something is always better than nothing. A 10 minute walk is always better than nothing at all. And, and as an athlete, I've had to really combat that because, you know, I was used to like two hour practices and weightlifting Mm -hmm. sessions and this and that. I don't have time for that anymore. (laughs) And so I can either say, Oh, I'm not going to do anything. Or I can say, okay, 20, 30 minutes every day, I'm going to invest in my own my own exercise routine. Mm-hmm. It's completely different than it was 10 years ago, but you know what? It works. It keeps me feeling good. And I think, I think that's the other piece of the energy to lead. And how do we do that? In addition to those simple things, if you're wondering for yourself, well, how do I know which one is most important to me? Maybe I'll do all three of them. Mm-hmm. I really encourage you to pick one, get consistent with it. And how you choose is by, by assessment, by really getting clear with where are you today? What do you need the most? How do you feel? And there's, I'll, I'll um, make sure I give you a link to the self-assessment that I use for people, the energy to lead self-assessment, because it helps you break down. What do you need the most right now in your Mm -hmm. life? Because things happen 
You know, you could be going along great. And then one of your kids gets sick or you have a big project at work. And so things pull from your energy. And so it's all about being able to be present with yourself to know where's my energy, what's going to help, what are my best practices and learning to plug those in on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And, and that it's not all or nothing. We don't just work extremely hard on it for a week or two and then coast it's, it's actually doing the little things every day that sustain your energy and impact over time. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I assume also having that plan for how you can flex that habit if something does happen. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's such an important point to bring up that as moms, we always have a plan B, right? Mm -hmm. Like always have a plan B. And, and I think that you bring up a great point. That's the same strategy you use with your own energy is, all right, here's the ideal. What's the plan B or what's the minimum that has Mm -hmm. to get done every single day. And I have this routine that I do for actually my pelvic floor physical therapy after my second baby, Mm -hmm. I had all these things I had to go through for my own fitness. So it's like, no matter what, I'm going to make sure I do my daily warm up. There takes Mm -hmm. me 10 minutes. Again, that 10 minutes is non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. The water drinking non-negotiable, the sleep. I mean, even though this is what I do, those are my non-negotiables. They're very Mm -hmm. simple. They aren't always easy to do, but I know that, okay, if my kids are sick or I've got a lot going on at work or whatever it may be, if I do, if I pay attention to the, not my non-negotiables, I'll at least be able to, to get through what I need to get through without huge energy crashes or getting sick or things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's great to hear that, you know, even though you're a professional in this area, it's not always that yeah. easy, but you do come up with what are my prioritized non-negotiables and, yep. and going from there. Yeah. You know, we've been talking a lot about energy and, and I think it's pretty you know easy to understand that energy is required for leadership. Energy is required for being a mom, but why do you think physical and mental and emotional health, why are they all so important? For a leader, because I, I think sometimes that gets overlooked or people might think, you know, particularly with emotional or mental health, I think it's getting better now, but people might say, oh, that's something for outside of the workplace. Tell me a little bit more about why you believe that the whole person is so important to look at from a health perspective, if we want to effectively lead. Yeah. Such an important topic. Thank you for bringing that up. And I I started to get into it a little bit before this idea that it's hard to be effective when you're in pain Mm -hmm. and that's physical pain, but it's also mental and emotional pain. If you have things going on that are distracting you, making you feel stressed, anxious, irritable, whatever it may be, then you, you cannot be as effective with the people that you're influencing. And I believe that the number one leadership skill that we all need is the ability to be present with other people. Mm -hmm. And so if we have other things that are clouding our mind, distracting us, we can't be present. And I say the ability to be present is the most important thing because from a, from a systematic approach of how do we figure out what we need to do as a leader, we first need to be clear on what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in situational leadership that I don't just have one leadership style. I flex my style based on the person, based on the task, based on performance and goals and everything else. And so if, if my mental and emotional health is being challenged, then I can't be present with someone. Mm -hmm. And then that next step after being present is 
The second thing we need to be able to do is have empathy for the other person. Mm -hmm. And if we are too distracted with what we have going on, which we all are, no matter what, by the Mm -hmm. way, no matter matter how much (laughs) we work on this, we are all very much in our own worlds and, and that's just human. But if we can't separate ourselves from the other person and our ability to connect with them, then again, we're going to be off the mark from a leadership standpoint. If, Mm -hmm. if all we see, if we have blinders on, if all we can see is what is right in front of us in our own world, and we can't expand to take in other people's ideas or to see a situation from another lens or another perspective, we, there's just, we cannot be as effective. And so I just really believe that taking care of your own mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, mm-hmm. putting yourself in the best place. You just, you go into a leadership situation, able to identify problems, able to anticipate things, find solutions, engage critical thinking I mean, all the things that we need as a leader, leading change, taking on the burden of what someone else might be going through. If, if we don't have the energy or the capacity what are, mm-hmm. how are you going to do all those things? It's very challenging. And so I just really think that the health of the whole person matters because you're impacting another person and you know, like, how are you going to do that when you're not together yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said, you know, I have, I've never heard it put that way that the most important leadership skill is to be present. We have done an episode on leadership present. And even that episode was kind of eye-opening for me because we ended up talking about leadership presence is all about being present. Um, It's not about having the right tone of voice or the right posture, which I had always associated leadership presence with. But I think the idea that being present being able to take in all that, I'll call it data that's coming at you so that you can adjust your leadership. The idea that that's the most important skill, I think is right on. And I think it's fascinating too. And like you said, it speaks to then why you need to be healthy as a leader, because there is no way you're going to do that effectively if you're not healthy in all those components. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the number one leadership skill with other people being present, but also the number one self-leadership skill Mm -hmm. is being present because you, you need to have the, the skill set to discern, what do I really need? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that holds people back from high energy is not knowing what to do, like what, not knowing what is going to have the biggest impact, right? Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people over-exercising, people Mm -hmm. restricting themselves too much, trying to take on too many things with a noble pursuit of health and happiness. But so not knowing um, where to start or focusing on the the thing that isn't going to have the most immediate impact. I don't Mm want to say wrong thing because so many things you could be doing are important, but that's what I love about the self-assessment is I'm able to say, okay, based on what I have going on right now, mm-hmm. what's going to be the most important thing for me. So for example, we're in the the heart of cold and flu season here. I've got mm-hmm. two little kids who are constantly sick. <laughs> and so when I look at the health and happiness factors of, of us as a family, if, if I'm like, okay, I'm unhealthy because I've got a cold or I've whatever it may be but I'm, 
I'm doing well psychologically from an emotional, Mm -hmm. from an emotional, spiritual standpoint, then for me, what I really need to focus on is my, my, my fuel. I need to be drinking water, bone broth. Like I need to really focus on that. Mm -hmm. And then once the situation shifts, so I, I practice situational leadership with myself as well. Mm -hmm. Once that situation shifts and I'm feeling healthier again, I'm no longer ill. Then where am I at? Then what do I need? Can I go back to focusing more on my, my performance from a physical standpoint? You know, I mentioned I was an athlete. I still Mm -hmm. play volleyball. I've got a game tonight (sighs) when I'm sick. I can't be doing that. I can't Mm -hmm. be training. And so it's really being present with where's my energy. What's my capacity to deal with more. What's going to be best for me right now. Or in some case, when the, when the mental health, when the emotional health starts to, to come into play and I'm, I'm, you know, healthy from a physical standpoint, but it's my mindset or my Mm -hmm. mood. That's where some of the, the more restorative recovery self-care, you know, I've got a, a cranial sacral therapist that I, that I go to who helps not just align me physically, but also is great as a spiritual teacher or Mm -hmm. somebody who really helps from that emotional standpoint. So we all have different things that help us based on what we're going through. And I think the ability to know what we need in the moment is so helpful. And then if you practice that with yourself, if I'm like, all right, how am I going to be more present with other people? Start by being present with yourself. Start by taking some deep breaths and and getting to know what do I need today, asking yourself, pausing, taking breaks, because if you can take breaks for yourself, that'll allow you then to take the breaks, take the space that you need to identify and discern what other people need as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You start it with yourself and then it almost becomes an outgrowth of that. It becomes more normal to do it with others. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation and I definitely want to, you know, make sure I go focus on those, those top three you were talking about. I'm excited about the self-assessment as well, but I wanted to ask you one question we've asked all our guests on that season. And it's what's the one leadership lesson that you feel most passionate about passing on, whether that be to your kids or to your clients, what would be that one leadership lesson? You know, I said it a little bit earlier and I'll, I'll reiterate it again, the, that you go first, mm-hmm. that it's up to you when it's, when it's with my kids and, and my kids are little. So my oldest is four. And if she is asking me, well, why did so-and-so do this? Or they got to do that. And I didn't, I always say, we worry about our own decisions and what mm-hmm. we do. Don't worry about what they're doing as the conversation changes or as she gets older, or when I'm speaking with my clients and, and some of them perhaps, um, dealing with something that they're not pleased about, or they're frustrated about something, it's always bringing it back to focus on you focus on what you can control. Mm -hmm. It's really easy. I feel like it's the easier thing to point fingers. It's the easier thing to say, well, higher up made this decision or the business leaders aren't doing this right. Or my team isn't doing right? It's very easy to, to point fingers externally. It is the harder thing to look at ourselves and say, what have I done? What can I do? How can I be better? And I, I just feel like leadership is, as I said, you go first, you set the example, but you're also, it's important for you as a leader to be a practitioner, mm-hmm. to set the example, to do all those things. And it, and it comes with, again, making sure that you are the one worrying about your own actions and, and kind of not worrying about 
what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. and really being the one that that leads the way. If you're going to be a leader, then then exemplify that in your behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And talk about ripple effects. I can just imagine the ripple effect that would happen if all leaders everywhere were doing just that. Well, of course, of course. And think about it. Think about if you are the leader and you are choosing to grumble about a decision, what are your, what's your team going to do when mm-hmm. you leave? They're mm-hmm. going to grumble to other people. They're going to, they are going to do what you do. If you are leading a meeting and you're on your cell phone, or if you are a part of a webinar and you're on other tasks or answering emails, or you're on the phone and you're emailing, what is your team going to do? They're going to do, they're going to do what you do. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that everybody needs to be perfect all the time. It isn't about that. Absolutely. But, but it is about thinking, how can I be most effective and how can I set the example so that my team does the same thing? Mm-hmm. And, and that can be really, really hard as a leader. So I will also just suggest leaders that um, are in a position where they're trying to set the example. You also though, probably would benefit from having someone to turn to mm-hmm. having a, a coach, a mentor, a mastermind, just people that you can go to with your frustrations mm-hmm. or with the problems that you have. It doesn't mean that we don't have frustrations or that we don't, that we don't have things we need help with, but refusing to engage of some, in some of those negative behaviors and setting the example for the path forward, it will help you. It will help your team. And I, I really, I believe that's the most important skill set or not, not skill set, but the most um, important lesson that you mm-hmm. can lead with. Mm-hmm. That's great. And I was just struck when you were talking too about everything you said and how applicable it is to being a parent as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think one of the benefits of having our kids around a lot of the time is they're going to reflect your behaviors back to you very quickly. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's so funny that you say that we just had family in town and we had cousins all around. So my kids are little and then the cousins are several years older. And my sister-in-law came to me and she, she was listening to the kids talk and she goes, if you ever want to just know what you say to your kids, (laughs) have your kids babysit or, or help out younger children. And, (laughs) and it's so true. We heard all of that. And then right on cue, my daughter turns to her cousin and she said, Hey, chew with your mouth closed. And I was like, yep, that's that's exactly, exactly what we say to her. It's, I mean, like you said, it's so true. They will do what we do, mimic what we put out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, this has been a great conversation, Natalie, and I'm sure it's going to be a benefit to so many of our listeners. If they're interested in learning more about you and the work that they do and that self-assessment you mentioned, where is the best place for them to find you? Yeah, well, I will give you instead of like giving you the exact Mm -hmm. link, I'll give you the the URLs to drop in the show notes if you don't mind. So there's a course energy to lead self-assessment highly would recommend doing that. You'll get self-assessment, the results, and also action steps. So I talked about a few things on the show, but the Mm -hmm. self-assessment gives you many more things and kind of how to use that in your life. And then there's a couple other places you can find me. And number one, I have a a working moms network group on Facebook. So if Mm -hmm. you'd like to join that, there's Mm -hmm. just support and content and just fun things we do there. So we'll drop the link. And then I also mentioned the podcast that I host called the mom Mm -hmm. entrepreneur playbook. We have health and happiness strategies as well as other women in business who come on and share their wisdom. So a few fun places that we can connect. I would love to have a conversation. 
Well, great. Well, we'll definitely make sure to put all those in the show notes so they're easy to access. But thank you again for coming on. Thank you for sharing all of your experience and expertise. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So if finding a way to be healthier and have more energy is on the top of your priorities for 2022, hopefully that conversation gave you some places to get started. Here are my takeaways. Number one, we have very strong intuition. We should trust it more often. Number two, as leaders, every small change we make has the power to start ripples of impact. When we talk about being the change we want to see in the world, that doesn't have to be a big, grand change. In fact, small, consistent changes can be much more powerful. Number three, investing in yourself as a leader and as a mom is not a selfish activity. In fact, it's actually the opposite. Number four, remember, if you can do nothing else, prioritize getting in some movement, drinking enough water, and making sure you get enough sleep. And number five, the key to effective and impactful leadership is being present. And we can't do that well if we're not physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and well. I hope today's episode has given you some ideas for little changes that you can make in your life and in your leadership. I look forward to talking to you again next week. And as always, until next time, lead with love.